Welcome to the Goblin's Creek Podcast. I'm Michael. I'm Sasha. Uh, Have a good episode. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy the episode. We're a thousand days into this tea break, and we watched... I, some, what movie did we watch? It takes two to make Anything a thing go right. right. It takes two to make it out <laughs> of sight. It takes weed to make it out this of sight. This is a movie pitched a, to be a movie about partnership, but it is not that at all. It's about our tea break. It's it's not really about our tea break. This movie, bit. I say, I will say, it did bring us it did bring us a significant amount of joy. I feel like I've been lost in the quantum realm. <laughs> no, you kind of are Janet right now. I am like Janet. Or no, you're now. like Ghost, and yeah. I'm like Janet. So I should keep talking while I get my beer. <laughs> no, you can't have beer right now. It's yes, like, I can. Oh, no, it is five. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> My half-ass Kawhi laugh. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a movie pitched to be about partnership. That was the thing about the trailer. I actually watched the trailer um, quite a bit because I just if there's a trailer that I like that has like good music and fun editing, um, and they're short, so it's just something I'll watch. Like, like I used to watch the Mission Impossible trailer all the time. Um, <laughs> Hear that cracking face? open a cold one. Cracking open a cold one with the sashes. With the goobs, with the goblins, with the gooblins. <laughs> 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 that was me throughout this movie. Yeah, this one's pretty um, funny. If you remember our Ant Man episode, if you haven't listened to it, uh, maybe you don't have to because honestly. You have to listen to all of them. You have to, well. Do not exempt them. <laughs> No. <laughs> Don't smack me with I'll, a towel. I'll hit you with my rag. Oh my god. No, I hope you're hearing that. You, If you've heard our Ant-Man review, you kind of know how we feel about Ant-Man, which is that it's um, pretty boring. And, I mean, there's some gags in that movie that work, but it's mostly just very, very forgettable. Um, yeah. This movie is kind of forgettable, but mostly just funny. Yeah. Um, it's pretty amusing. It's pretty entertaining. That's um, true. Wait, before we start, I feel like we should start the episode over. Because I have to go get my beer. Let's start. Let's start over. Let's start over. We we'll have to keep some of this. We can just edit, dude. We can edit it. We'll I guess edit we can. I'm afraid it's too. Okay, we'll see. All right, we'll see. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, Mike, Michael, a typical man, is like, I messed up, so we all have to start over. <laughs> We're only two minutes in, and also, I'm the one with the recording device. Oh, I also have Audacity on my computer. This is but not we only ever record it to my computer because you were the one who wanted to do the podcast. Because I'm the original. Because I'm the originator. <laughs> the originator. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say host anymore, but I will say originator, Origin- which means we have to restart. We don't have to restart. Oh, okay. I'm anxious now. Do an improv. Do an improv. Well, I have to restart if I'm going to do. You don't an have improv. to restart. That's not what improv is about. No, but I do my improvs at the beginning of... Also, I don't know why we're calling them improvs. That's not... That's like our own terminology. <laughs> take, take five <laughs> seconds of silence and then improv your way in. Why not just start... Oh, okay, all right, all right. Silence in three, two, one. <laughs> Kawhi laugh for the the Ant-Man and the Wall. We're 10 hundred million days into our tea break and it feels like we're lost in the quantum realm. <sighs> wow. That was a bad one. Yeah, that was bad. Do your worse than our laugh. Original. <laughs> 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 yeah. We're um, fans. 
I'm a big fan of Kawhi. I love Kawhi. I love, well, like, okay, here's the thing. It's hard for you to love Kawhi the same way I love Kawhi. Yeah, it's true. Well, it shouldn't be because you're a Dubs fan, but <laughs> technically Sash is like, somehow Sash has, like, contrived this way of, like, the Dubs are her number one team, but the Raptors are her number two team. They are. She's, she's probably the only one who's like that. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. I get shit from my friends who are Raptors fans, and I get shit from my Yeah, as you Dubs should. Fans. As the second one, the first one that... That's a little unfair. It's the first, the second one. That's real. <laughs> um, um, oh, this is this is relevant because Ant Man and the Wasp is set in, in the San, Bay. In San Francisco. Yeah. It's set in SF, but they they do they go, go around the Bay. Um, I think the only place we see them outside of SF is well. I guess we see them they in the Woods. I don't know if it might be. I don't know. Near Woods might be in Marin. So. Um, and also the ant. Well, not since New York and Homecoming. Has yeah. The city. Um, been so, so integral, integral to, to the, film. the film in its in both its like story its setting but also its action also its action its action certainly yeah DC was not super integral to Winter Soldier in terms of action except for the fact that just like the government is there but the, well it's just like deep, there's just a lot of well like I can I think that opening scene is iconic just around the the jogging oh no that's true that's true and they're just they spend a, I mean they don't they're not exclusively in DC but they spend a lot of time in DC it, it begins and ends it's clearly in DC yeah and then this movie has obviously Spider Man in New York is a deeper than Captain America in DC or Ant Man in San Francisco yeah but just the city is is relevant to the action and the geography of like what we're dealing with yeah. Also, if you think Umbreon is your favorite Pokemon and that makes you special, you're wrong. A lot, most people's favorite Pokemon is Umbreon. Wow. That's so, exactly what this podcast needed. My I think, it, well, I was, you know. Do you my, want to start that one over too? It's my old man segment. Honestly, probably more controversial. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, what else? Um, my favorite Pokemon is Flareon. Um, that's also why I have beef, because I like, because Flareon's another Eevee Yeah, show. I'm making sure all of this is cut. <laughs> no, it's not going to be, this is staying, this is a thousand percent this staying. Is, uh, this, this is staying, is staying. the original intro is staying. No! Yeah, yeah. If Don't you, mention If you meant to keep your Pokemon not I will whack you! Oh, so now we can't have it. No, yeah, we can't, because I, because I'm just whapping you. Yeah, you're whapping me. But the whapping is fine. Alright, I'm well, deleting this is, all no. of this. <laughs> I keep trying to actually start the episode, and then you're like, but what if we talked about dumb things instead? Uh, how are we going to, I don't know how we're going to edit, There's, this is going to be too hard to edit around. It's not going to make sense. It's not going to make sense. <laughs> and too much of the comedy is coming from the restart frustrations. <laughs> <laughs> it's integral to the story. We have to start over. We'll just call no. this riffing. No. I'll, okay, I'll save this, but I'm going to do a new episode so it's easier to edit. No. I'll save this as, it'll be a lost segment, no. and we'll take little splice parts of it and put it in the new episode. No. Yes. No. Yes. No, why are you so, like, high-strung about this? <laughs> <laughs> All you're doing is delaying actually talking about the movie. You exactly, that, which is right? why we can restart. No. Which is why we can restart. No. Yes. No, you're yes. restarting. Your insistence on restarting is delaying actually talking about the film. Wait, something I know. You're insisting on times. not restarting is delaying the actual. No, movie. it's not. I'm restarting. No. <laughs> oh my god. Take the computer has. away. You understand so much of that has to be cut, right? No. No. Now. Yes. Oh, there's an update available. No, don't. For yeah, Microsoft. So that, that oh, it's for Microsoft, not Audacity. <laughs> the audacity of you. Um, we should start over. 
No. Oh my god. Let's restart. Let's no. Restart. Let's restart. Why are you so? I'll protest. I'll, I'll protest. You'll protest. protest. Okay. I'll protest. <laughs> Formal. No. I can. I'll be silent. You no. You don't get to restart the episode <laughs> again because I keep trying to actually talk about the movie, and then you're like, "What if we talked about dumb Pokemon bullshit instead?" But that's not why I want to restart. I think that's valid. No, it's not. How are we gonna edit around that? I don't know. That's not. That's not today's issue. I guess that's true. This is gonna be a heavily edited episode. This is gonna be a heavily edited this is gonna, episode. Every moment of it is gonna be like. It takes two to make a thing go right. Yeah, it's gonna be so heavily. Yeah, it's it's gonna not even sound like a conversation. Good, because this is not a conversation. <laughs> I'll whap you. See, you're whapping me again. I won't stop. Every time you whap me, you open up the floor for me to make <laughs> but to, you're to, making, me to reference your joke. But you're the one who's making it You're now. the one who made the joke in the first place. Did, and now we're trying to hide it. But that's not, You were wrong. It's not hiding it. You were all wrong. You decided to restart the episode right away. No, you did decide to start it right away. Oh my god. Yeah, I did. No, and see, now we've wasted like 10 minutes. Only because you keep arguing. 10 minutes, which we are going to trim down. Wow. God, you are so insane. Ooh. You're a sicko of psycho. You're a sicko of psycho. I'm not the one who made the joke, man. I want it cut. I want it cut. We I want it all cut. <laughs> we can cut it. Okay, at this point, this episode is it even about Ant-Man and the Wasp. No, to I'm trying to make it about Ant-Man well, and the Wasp. Let's restart. Let's do one more. Can no. We, one more reach no. 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 You know what? I'll give you another five seconds of silence. And then you... No, let me start. No. Me, we'll save this. We'll start. We'll, we'll always have this recording. No. We're going we're gonna to hold five seconds of silence, and then you can do <laughs> wow. <laughs> you were lying on that Kawhi lap intro. Well, it's what we're doing today. <laughs> Is it what we're doing today? I guess so. If Umbreon's your favorite Pokemon, you're not that special. A lot of people's favorite Pokemon is Umbreon. Okay, I've said my piece. <laughs> yeah, now you're gonna <laughs> see yourself out. I'll whap you! You'll whap me? You keep whapping me! I'll whap you! I'm hitting something I'm gonna report you. But it's I'm oh, taking the bag from you. You don't deserve it. I do deserve no, it. No, you don't. All you're doing is making horrible last things. night. Oh, yeah, on yourself? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is why I need ragu. 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 So there's, a, as you can hear, there's a little trouble in paradise in Berkeley, CA today, which is reminiscent of the trouble in paradise in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, it seems like it's mostly paradise. Well, okay. Let's let's start with you know let's start with the with the Van Dyne the Van Dyne Hope, Hope Van Dyne Hope Hank Van Dyne of it all. Well, I will say, and I've thought about this a little bit on my walk earlier, and I do want to bring this up independent of the Van Dyne Pam um, issue. Yeah, I'll kindly leave it that way. Um, the whole thing about this movie is that it's like it's pictured as like the Van Dyne Lang like partnership film, but Which they're describe what I'm doing. no, I'm not going to. I'm not giving this any sort of attention. Um, <laughs> but they're That's like funny. just at odds the entire time, and Hope is like legitimately an asshole to him the entire time. Yeah. And also, they make out for no reason. They do make out for no the, reason. I would say the romance in this movie is just as bad as it is in the first I one. Frankly, well, if anything, it's just less committed to. Which is that, which might be actually. Here's what I'll say. They make up for no reason in the first one, but they put us through like six or seven awkward will they won't they moments when we're all kind of like, I like Paul Rudd, but let's won't they won't we? Um, 
<laughs> just this once. Just this once. And in this movie, they don't really have the will they won't they moments. The movie's kind of moving too fast and pays too much attention to other things. I assume yeah. those were cut. Well, there I, was the will they won't they moment in the closet. No, they do. Like, but they have less. But they have, they have less. substantially less than less. in the first movie. And so when they do make out at the end for no reason, it does feel, it's like, ugh. It's like, ugh. But well, it's, it's like, Hope is the one who has problems with him, and then it's, yeah. like, suddenly all just, like, resolved. But it's also, like, Hope's problems with him are, like, Dumb. I don't know. I mean, it's, like, well, let's, yeah, let's talk about the Sokovia Accords of it all. Um, the like, band dined him. Well, her problem him. with him not, like, inviting her makes sense to yeah, me. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. Um, Especially, well, it's also ironic, considering she is... Wasp, and yet again, there is yeah. an Avengers property where the writers are like, let's not have Wasp be here. Well, I will say, I mean, I think that's because they haven't introduced Wasp yet. It, oh, well, they teased it. They did tease it. I'm not saying they couldn't have done it. Yeah. But I'm saying it's probably why they did it. Yeah. It's because they wanted to do it in this one. Yeah. Um, that's fair. But, um, yeah, like... Take, take a beer break. Oh, God. She's, she's a menace! She's a menace! Um... But the way that they treat, like, I, her frustration and her and her father's anger, I get, because it also puts all of their technology at risk, and yeah. the government, I think, has, like, confiscated all of it, is what we they hear. Give, they don't give him any credit for fighting Tony, though. No, not at all. No! Tony, who, Tank loathes! Tank, tank loathes Tank Tony. loathes the Starks. Loathes the and Stark he gives Empire. him no credit for, like, going out of his way to, like, fuck, fuck, fuck over Tony, Tony over. Fuck Tony over. Um... And also, like, honestly, like, the Van Dyne, Pim, Van Dyne and Pim so should you be... You sit on the couch. You sit there. No, I should stand here and you should sit on the couch. Why? Because, look at the... Because we're talking quiet now. Yeah, but we can adjust it. No, but if you talk, if you talk even, like, a little bit loud, it's like, we can't really adjust it. We can't, you can't... Well, then why don't you sit down so I don't have to yell? Because if you sat on the couch, then we could both oh talk at full volume. Why do you keep interrupting? I'm not just interrupting. Trying to get this I'm trying to get the, the audio. I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm trying to balance out the. I care about the audio quality. Oh, you care about the I'm audio. I'm sorry for now. caring about the audio quality. Okay. I'm sorry. Right. You see, like, I, if you talk as loud as I talk, I'm sitting here. But if you talk as loud as I talk sitting there, it goes over. Oh I'm just saying, God. like, you can't fix. You don't want to fix it in post. You can't really fix it in post. You can't. You can never get fine quality audio in post. Oh you can only God, ameliorate you're problematic so audio quality. I care about our I care about our listeners. That's, That's also super. See, you're spiking as well. I'm not spiking. You look, were at, spiking. look at how loud I'm being, and I'm not spiking. You were spiking. I know, but you can you can see that you can you can see that you, I'm talking fairly loud, I'm talking emphatically, and you can hear me clearly. So you should sit on the couch. Oh my God! See, you're poli- you're policing where I sit now. Yes, I am for the first, audio. First, it's smacking audio. me with a rag. Now it's policing where I sit in the room. Oh my God! It really is like it's 1880 again. Oh my God! This is not. I won't even respond to these. You won't even respond to the allegations. I will not. I will not. <laughs> Sasha okay. is. I don't even know what she's referencing. Oh, oh <laughs> you you know. Have, you know you what. Know what? Um, okay. The thing about the Pim Dine, or I'll call him the Pim Dine, the Pim Dynasty. The Pim Van Dine. The Pim Van Dynasty Mm -hmm. um, of it all is that they would be on Steve's side of things. Yeah, definitely. Because otherwise they would have to work. It'd be on Tony's side. Well, I mean, like, otherwise they would have to work for the government. Yeah. And, like, 
do all this like government bullshit that they're clearly not interested. I guess in. from Hank's perspective, it's a thing of like he wasn't his he's he already been government. operating kind of against the government, yeah, or kind of outside of Shield, and so he doesn't. Ant Man just like, made it public, basically. Yeah, and he, to him, I think Ant Man is like. I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know. I mean, I guess Ant-Man was already working for the government originally. Originally, yeah. And then, so it's like when he stopped working for the government, that was already his own version of, like, rebelling. Like, and Cap so it's like he doesn't care about the Accords. I know. Um, like, I, like, honestly, like, where they fall in the Accords is not a huge deal, but it is, like, they would clearly, they would clearly take... Cap's side. Cap's side. They would yeah. clearly take Scott's side. Yeah, they would clearly... Like, I don't think it's that, but... That's not why the Pym Dines are assholes in this film. No. The Pym Dines are assholes in this film because they, they have a complete disregard for everybody else in their life, most of whom who are working with them and actively trying to help them the majority of the time. Yeah. Like, in the first movie, there's this thing where, like, Hope is skeptical of Scott because of, like, he breaks in and he's a felon and, 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 like, she should be the one doing all yeah. of the stuff he's doing, which it all makes sense that she's yeah. like, very disapproving of him. Um, Even if it is just, like, very, like, tropey. It's deeply tropey. But in this movie, it's like, Hope is pissed at him, but, like, she's pissed at him even though they already... They take him out of house arrest where he only has three days left, and it's like, is he going to go to jail for a bunch of years, or is he going to, like, go out with his daughter and, like, be free with his daughter on probation? It's very much a thing of, like, they show zero consideration to his, like, felon... Status. Basically, yeah. yeah, to his, like... Yeah, they show... Yeah, ex-con. They, they yeah. show zero consideration for the fact that, like, for him being arrested and violating his parole in the way that he... that they force him to do is, like, those stakes are enormous. He's in prison for years if that yeah, happens. Yeah, that probably um, raft. Yeah, like, probably in, back in the inhumane. Um, um, and he doesn't get to see his daughter again. And, like, doida. his doida, who he cares deeply about. Um, and look, like, I will say, I will give, I will give the credit of, like, look, I get that they're trying to, like, get Janet back, and that's, like, a deeply emotional thing for them, um, honest, but, at, but at what cost? But at what cost? And honestly, I give Hope more leeway there, because Janet's her mom, than I do Hank. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's married, like, she's married to Hank, but in the opening scene where he, well, it's just, it's the freaking of it all, basically. Yeah. The microwaving of Janet yeah. is... Quite a plot for this movie. It um, I'm not against I'm it. Not against it. I'm not against it. Um, I like how it pans out with Ghost. Yeah, but cool. I also just I refuse to excuse the Pim Van Dyne behavior because they're trying to get Janet. Because no, exactly. it's just like, and then they also are like so anti-Ghost and anti. And I will I will say like Ghost does like attack them and like all these other things, but it's yeah. also like you might get Scott in prison for, like, 10, 20 years? Yeah. For and you're acting like you have, like, the moral authority here? No, it's, no, they're totally acting like they have the moral authority. And, he, and Hank is like, I mean, Scott Hank's, is, like, so sorry. I know. And it's like, Scott... He's so like, apologetic. He's so, like, actually, I need to get home. And, like, when he's... he's been d- on there's one time... There's one moment in the movie where he does go home, and it's this, like, moral failure for Scott. Like, he no, should like, allow the it's... cops to show up and not see him at his house. I know, because the cops go and get um, yeah. Hank and And, like, Hope. Hank and Hope are, like, disappointed in him for not wanting to go to prison for 20 years. And it's, like... Yo, like, that's stupid. And it's also, like, literally wait three days. Literally wait three days. Wait and, three well, days. Well, the probability fields. 
But the probability, probability fields, fields don't even happen until they're already like so far into the journey. Yeah. Like I think they could have just waited three days. And I then... feel like they. I, I, I will mean, say I, I, I don't. The narr- I think the narrative is like, it's supposed. There is an urgency to it. Like yeah. I will. Like it. Maybe they can't do it three days later. But it is like, guys. Yeah. You need to have a lot more sympathy for this Stop. man. Also. The Pim Van Dines are rich. They're very wealthy. They're very wealthy. Yeah. And there's this joke that he that Scott makes because he's like, oh yeah, there, another moment that's really frustrating is when Luis is responsible for giving everyone the information on where they are in the woods. Yeah. Um, and the Pim Van Dines are like, rah, 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 fuck you, Scott, basically. Yeah. Um, and Scott's like, look, I needed to work. Yeah. And he's like, you know how hard it is for ex-cons to find jobs these days? And yeah. honestly, it's like, it's hard for a felon to get a job anywhere, yeah. anytime in the United States. It's yeah, not just true. necessarily a these days thing. Yeah, it's not a recent problem. Um, I mean, there are jobs that like felons can get, um, but like those aren't jobs that make enough money to like support. Well, they certainly his can't daughter. live in Scott's house in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That being said, that is the thing with like, you know, it's it's sort of like Daredevil in. Um, New, in Manhattan, yeah. where they kind of pretend that poor people can still live in these places. Yeah. Um, which is like the house that Scott lives in, like the Victorian. He lives in like a classic San Francisco Victorian. Yeah. In like maybe the outer Richmond. Um, but like, you know, he, yeah, it's like, they, it's like he couldn't actually live there being an ex con. Like, yeah. Virtually. It, not if he, yeah, not, not if this business, as is ex- made explicit, is like fledgling. Yeah, and he's on like house arrest for two years, so we don't really know where the mo- like, where's that money coming, coming from? from? How is he getting like, groceries? I mean, those things, I'm sure there's, he has some sort of support system that yeah. is helping him out here, mm-hmm. but he like, he lives alone. I hope Tony's taking care of him. Yeah, Tony, sh- Tony should be bankrolling Tony should Scott's, fucking be Scott, like, bankrolling Scott's, like, And survival. frankly, Cassie's life Yeah, afterwards. frankly. Cassie should be should be able to go to MIT completely free, she as should. far as I'm concerned. She should. She, she should. She should be uh, made, a, made a equal recipient of the um, September Foundation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it called the September? Because um, his parents died. Is that for real? I think so. I'm not sure, but I think that it, I think sense. that's meant to be the connection. No, that that makes sense. Um, so yeah, the Pim Van Dines are they're not great. They're not great. And again, I sympathize with the fact that like they are trying to get. Looks um, like they have a worthy goal. They have a worthy goal. But they act like their worthy goal supersedes both Scott and Ghost's worthy goals. When really they should all be trying to find a way to make it work for all of them. For all of there them. should be no fighting or resentment in this movie. No. Everyone should just be having a conversation about it. It's like, oh, well, you need this at this point because you're going to die in two weeks, but Scott's on house arrest for three more days, so we need to be, like, careful about that. Yeah. To be fair, they do go to lengths to, like, have the aunt wear the ankle monitor. Yeah. So, like, they are trying to take care of them. Yeah. And then, like, the, the Pim Van Dynes, they should be like, okay, well, the probability fields, we need you, Scott, here at this point, and, like, ghosts, like, please don't fuck us over, or, like, Maybe even fight Sonny for us so yeah. we can help you after we get Janet out. Because maybe once we get Janet out, because that's what happens at the end of the movie, we can like <laughs> help heal you. you with like the quantum information Janet has. Yeah. Like, you know, it feels like it feels like the the conflict in this movie, especially between Ghost, Foster, and the Pim Van Dyne Scott group, is somewhat contrived. Oh because it's like why aren't they working together? Yeah. Like, it seems like if Hank... Like, Hank and Foster have a conversation that, like, we could figure it out together, and for some reason, it doesn't work. Yeah. 
And I get that at some point, Ghost does straight up be, is straight up like, I don't care. I need your technology that you're using to rescue Janet to save myself. I don't give a shit about yeah. whether or not you think you can figure it out afterwards. Like, yeah. Ghost does kind of go off the rails, yeah. but also Ghost is still sympathetic. Uh, yeah, well, but, in fairness, yeah. Ghost's atoms are being torn apart and stitched back together um, yeah. every second of her life, which yeah. is a little different than what's happening for her. For Janet. For Janet. Though no, Janet I, also is in a rough spot. Yeah. But um, it is a little bit like Janet has, is like presumed dead and like ghostly. Like it, there's a question about who should be the priority between yeah. Janet and ghosts. The prioritization is the real question here, basically. Yeah. And I, I will say like I don't think that the fact that the plot is very contrived does not make me dislike this movie. No. Um, but it does make the characters more complicated than the plot is willing to engage with, yeah. especially for the Pim Van Dines. Especially for um, the Pim Van Dines. And this is also really a big deal with, like, Foster. Um, because Foster's, like, one of, I think he's, like, the second or third person who was, like, um, yeah, Pim has, Hank Pym has screwed me over yeah. for his ego. Yeah. And that's another part of, like, the Pim Dine place in like the prioritization thing yeah. where they are like we are the priority is it's like Hank has shown that he's just kind of like an egotistical dick. like I mean, dick. Yeah, no that's true. Like and there he hasn't ever really done I mean like I'm sure he has some moments in these movies that I'm like overlooking that like yeah. he makes it like a little bit like more like he like like he brings Scott into stuff in the first movie, but that's also only for his own benefit. Like that's true. this movie just, but also the movie clearly doesn't want you to think that he's as selfish as he is. Yeah, I mean, like I don't, I like Michael Douglas, and that's most of my relationship with Hank Pym. Yeah. But I don't have a particular relationship with Hank Pym's action. The only thing is that Hawk Foster, I really do buy into. Yeah. Because Foster, I also like Lawrence Fishburne. So I it's love a Lawrence bit of a Trump, Fishburne. It's a little bit of a. And then, but then Lawrence Fishburne gives gives a good performance in this movie. Great performance. I like it. And um, he says like another sacrifice to Hank Pym's ego. But also, Lawrence yeah. Fishburne has multiple moments in this movie where you're like, maybe he's gonna be like go hard villain, but he just doesn't. Yeah. Like, Ghost threatens does. to go after Cassie and think, and I like very pleased that wasn't a plot point in this movie. No, I agree. I agree. Um, and it's not a plot point specifically because. Foster is like if you go after her, I will not help. I won't you. help. This you. is this so is my and also mind. like Foster, like yes, it's a classic like oh these relevant characters have shown up. This happened. This, I've seen this happen not in the MCU. I probably have at least once in the MCU otherwise, but this happens in a lot. Like I've seen this happen in a bunch of movies where like relevant characters show up at the back of a lecture to get information from like a smart yeah. professor. Yeah, no, it's and it's, he's like. I'm seeing a lot of glazed eyes. Not, maybe we should shut down this lecture. Speaking of a uh, like quantum whatever. Yeah. Um, but Foster just seems like a real one. No, if I was in his class, I'd be like, "Yo, this dude's real as fuck." Honestly, though, every time now, but the thing is, like, because of that, is like a trope at this point. Like now, every time a professor has ended class early, I'm like, "Did like plot relevant characters do like, show up in show the back up. of the lecture?" Yeah. And that's why I got to like have lunch early. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also love, well, and another thing that really endears me to Foster and is also kind of a slight for Pim in my eyes, or not Pim, um, yeah, Pim, um, is Foster shows up to Argentina to collect ghosts. Yeah. Like, he, he goes and looks for her, for yeah. the daughter of who we presume to be his um, former colleague. Yeah. After he, like, he presumably, like, hears about what's going on. Pim yeah. does nothing. No, Pim doesn't no. Do yeah. And, like, even if you buy into the story that Elias was trying to steal his technology in the credit, which I don't really buy into, 
Um, yeah. Even though the movie, I think, kind of wants you to. Um, yeah. It is like, come on, man. That's his daughter. You have a yeah. daughter. That's the thing. So much of this movie is characters kind of building sympathies for one another about yeah. daughters. This is a movie about fathers and daughters Yeah. Um, in many ways. Definitely. And Foster and Ghost, I think, are my favorite father-daughter duo in this movie. No, I mean, this is, this is a clear... This is very clearly meant to be like dads take your daughter to this movie movie yeah um it's like a it's like a daughter and dad like paul rudd and cassie and ghost and foster and ghost losing her dad and hope mm-hmm. and pym and the first ant-man is also kind of one of those but ant-man and the wasp even more so because even it's ant-man so. for dad wasp for daughter yeah kind of is the pitch i think really no well it, it opens on um janet or not or it opens on janet with a young hope um, yeah. And um, and then it goes right into Paul Rudd and Cassie yeah. playing together. Yeah. Um, um, and then, like, Ghost kind of, Ghost, like, being sympathetic is, like, kind of a, it's a surprise. Like, this movie intent the trailers and the marketing kind of intentionally made it so that she was the, like, main villain. Which, yeah. to be fair, um, I won't discredit her as a villain because up until the last minute, she is attacking yeah. these people. Yeah, um, she's really supposed to be creepy. Yeah, she's um, creepy. But she's definitely I, one of the most sympathetic villains in the MCU. Very. And, like, it is, a, it is a thing of, like, the ending, I liked the ending with her and Foster, definitely mm-hmm. with the right decision. Yeah. It's a, it's a touching moment. It is a touching and it moment. And like, she refuses to leave her. Ghost, it is a clean way to be like, you know, maybe we don't need, we don't need Ghost to be, like, you know, going forward, like, a, a villain in the MCU, but, like, yeah. or, like, an antagonist, but, like, you know, we don't need her to die, which no. is most of the other movies are like, we need the villain to die. Yeah, and honestly, like, I don't think Ghost will show up in the third Ant-Man. Yeah. I would like for her to. I just am very fond of Ghost. I like, um, I like that actress a lot. I like the performance that she gives. Um, yeah. I think she, she has a cool design. I don't, well, the thing going forward is I don't know if her powers her are powers, still... Well, her powers seem to be what was, like, fucking her up. Yeah, exactly. So it seems like maybe... But, like, also it's, like, they could be, like... We have we've approximated ghost powers in the ghost suit. Yeah. Um, they could do that. If they, they could want. do that. If um, but I mean, they probably won't. But I don't know. I hope Foster shows up again. Yeah. But if Foster shows up, Ghost will probably show up because they yeah. seem to be going off together. Yeah. Maybe they will show up in it. Well, I, I don't, is there going to be an Ant Man three? I, I don't think know. there's probably just because I think most of them have trilogies lined up. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's really any that just get a duology or yeah. that the plan was only for a duology. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think there's going to be. I think Peyton Reed is like signed on for a third one, but okay. I could be wrong. Another thing that's like interesting about Ghost is that she's she's kind of similar to Bucky, um, but on the shield side of things. Yeah. In that she's like um, this disabled superhero who the government used as a weapon and then screwed over recently. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Which and part of the reason that's part of the reason why I would like for her to show up again. Um, yeah. Just because I think there's, like, a lot of potential there. It's Well, and I think what I really also kind of like about this movie in terms of just its context on the MCU is that this movie talks about um, S.H.I.E.L.D. disbanding because that's yeah. when Ghost kind of gets out of the gri- out of their grip and then stops killing people for them. Yeah. Um, and it also deals explicitly with the fallout of Civil War, yeah. which none of the other movie Marvel movies do. Besides Infinity War. Infinity War does, but um, it's kind of like what we talked about, where Infinity War is like, oh, the Sokovia Accords are not really as important anymore because it's a galactic conflict. That's true. The scale of this movie allows the characters to really actually engage with how these would affect semi-normal people. 
people who are no, caught in the crosshairs. That's true, thing. that's true, actually. And that's something that I enjoyed about the scale of this film. Even though you're right, it is like, it's going from Infinity War to Ant Man and the Wasp yeah. is like huge in terms of like. So the smallest the scale kind of MCU movie versus the, small, the lowest stakes versus kind of the highest the stakes. The highest stakes. I mean, yeah. there really only are a handful full of people's lives who are at stake in this movie, and then like Scott's parole. Yeah. Um, which is significant. I mean, the stakes feel real, definitely. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Okay, what else we got? Um, let's see. The microwaving of Janet, if we want to circle back to that quickly before we move on to like some I feel like we stuff. got to it. Well, we got to it, but I think it was pretty quick. There might be more to say about it, I think. Maybe. Well, it, it is the plot of this movie. Well, it's interesting because it's the plot of this movie, but you don't have it. It's like... It's a weird chance to kind of like rectify, I think, yeah. the first film. Um, although may, it might have always been the plan, given that Scott does go to the quantum realm. I imagine um, that it was just because I imagine that the sequel was always going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp, and it's both yeah. Ant-Man and both Wasps. Yeah, no, that's true. Part of the opening scene that um, is like funny is, well, we already know the story, so them repeating the story is... Yeah, um, a little weird to me. Um, although, like, I'm sure. I'm just, sure it's just for like well, you don't have to have seen Ant Man. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Um, but him being Hank being like, yeah, my like whatever that allows me to go subatomic didn't work, and I was like, oh, how convenient, Hank. Yeah. How convenient for yeah. you. Um, just, I mean, I do buy in. I be, no, I, he says it should have been me. Like, I do believe. No, I mean, him. I believe him, but it's also like. Like, I don't think he's... The writing I don't think he's lying, but it, it's convenient for the writing, and it's also, like, part of the reason why I said that is because it's, like, how... Like, Hank is just someone who, like... It seems that things conveniently align with his ego a lot of the time. Yeah. Again, I don't think he's lying in that instance, but... Yeah. No, yeah. Like, how Elias Starr, like, um... How his reasoning for not basically being involved more with the quantum tech to begin with or with Ghost is that Elias Starr was like horrible to him. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, that's true. And same with like Bill Foster. Yeah, I mean like I don't think Hank is a great guy. I mean he seems pretty like uh, he seems like he's got an edge to him. Yeah. An ego. But I don't I don't think he's like a monster. No. Um, well, not in, well. That's the thing is, this is also kind of a san. I'm a little bit of a sanitized version. Of oh, definitely. Because in the comics, he is he is like just straight up abusive. No, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's what. <laughs> no, that's very true. Yeah. But like, this sanitized version of Hank is, is pretty. No, he well, and like I said, he is like supposed to be a hero. Like he is not like supposed to be like an egomaniacal like. Yeah. Villain or by any means, like. <laughs> no, yeah, no, he's he's not. Like, yeah. We'll we'll see what happens with Hank and Ant Man Trace. And Ant Man Trace, they're gonna have a lot of characters to juggle in Ant Man Trace because we'll have Janet, Hank, Hope, yeah. Scott, Cassie, who I think will probably be training for a, some sort of Ant Woman Wasp approximation role. Yeah. Um. Now that she's like way older. Yeah. Um. And then, and it's alluded to kind of in this movie with everybody needs a partner. No, and that's interesting. I'm interested in that, like, what Scott's relationship with her as a teenager is. Yeah. And in terms of Ant-Man, we we're, we're usually do this stuff at the end, but um, that's interesting, too, just because of the father-daughter themes in this film, like, what mm -hmm. it's like, those five missing years. Not that I think they'll go too dark with it. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see, like, I, my, my imagination tells me that it, they'll have a more, a more strained relationship. 
Yeah. Especially because of how close they were as, as, as like, uh, when they were young. Yeah. Well, I'll be interested to see how the movie deals with it because it will. it's one of the only instances in the MCU where the snap actually affected someone's relationship, yeah. <laughs> basically. No, that's very um, true. Because it's like we talked about where, like, Peter, MJ, Ned, and all of their friends conveniently get snapped. Yeah. Um, and in this one, it's like, it's not convenient that Cassie gets Yo, snapped. I think it would have been so funny if, like, Ned was, like, a loser who was, like, 22 and like, was played by a different actor. And, like, I think that would have been hysterical. That would have been pretty funny, actually. Um, and, like, but he's, like, still Peter's guy in the chair. He's, that would yeah, be he's, very, he's well, his guy in the chair, like, but he goes to, like, college It would be fun to point. play with that relationship, like, just the weird time stuff. Yeah. And far from home. And how you, like, adjust to that. Like, how could Ned still be friends with Peter, even though they have this, like, five-year difference? Like, I feel like there's a lot of humor there, and Far From Home doesn't care, but you haven't seen Far From Home, we haven't done it yet, so we shouldn't talk too much about it. Um, No, yeah, I think that's interesting. Well, it's, like, theoretically, Cassie should have, like, a really troubled relationship with her dad, because he tries his best, which is really clear, but it's also, like, he was in prison for years, he was on house arrest for years, He's divorced from Judy Greer. Yeah. She has another dad during the five years that he's absent. Who, in the second movie, they re- they dealt, they really are like, this guy is a good guy. And this guy, yeah. like, in the first movie, yeah. her dad is, her stepdad is more antagonistic. Yeah. Um, but in the sequel, he's kind of the opposite. He's like, no, old, he's never involved in any, like, plot to, like, expose Scott. No. And there are many of them. Well, that was one thing I was going to say about there being a lot of characters in the, uh, in in the in the net in potentially name and three is that they Judy Greer and Bobby Cannavale get like really reduced for this movie. Like no, they just they they're do. just in a handful of scenes for not too long. Yeah. And it works. It, it works. We're not complaining. No, um, yeah. but like we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, we'll see who we'll gets see how it time. Out. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested we don't know what happened. I'd be interested if like Luis was snapped or something. Or like Oh, or one of those guys. Or if he wasn't, like Either yeah, way, I think they could play with the comedy of that. Like, Scott disappearing from his life for five years, or him just, like, being gone for five years and then coming back. No, exactly. No, that would make sense. I'm sure he's still Louise. <laughs> no, Luis was great. Luis was just, like, yeah, another consistently great part of the They, they kind of gave him a little bit more than they did in the last movie, mm-hmm. even though they gave him a fair amount in the last movie. But, like, he's, yeah, I mean, he's still one of the best like comedic side characters in the MCU. Yeah. It's yeah. not it's not the best one. I, yeah. He probably is the best one. I think he's the best one. Yeah, I think that's yeah, you can probably yeah. say that. Um he even got a little bit of an action scene with the cars. He the did. Car no, they made scene. him more a part of this movie than even Ant Man, even though he's still yeah. kind of side No, well he's like integral to the plot. Like he is the one who exposes where Scott is. His yeah. business subplot is like important. No, it's it's significant. Yeah. Um he hears about ghosts, like, he talks with Hank, like, he's involved in all these things, um, no, basically, exactly. in ways that are super fun. Um, no. This movie also has the best MCU car chase scene. Oh, by far. By far. I love this car Well, chase. calling it scene might be... It's like, it's a sequence. It's, it's, a, a, it's sequence. a sequence. The yeah. Winter Soldier car chase is also sick, mm-hmm. um, but... This car chase goes on for forever. I mean, like I one thing I said to Sandra while we were watching is this movie has kind of a loose plot construction. Like, Sonny's there, Ghost is there, Foster's there. Like, everybody's running around the whole time. There's, like, yeah, there's, like... The cops, there's like the FBI. There's, three or four, like, interconnecting yeah. plots um, to take Scott, Hope, and Hank down by, like, 
different people. Yeah. And I like that, like, none of them have any real qualms with, like, reporting them to the other people. Yeah. Um, it just makes it so there's, like, always someone they have to, like, be on edge around. They, they're yeah, always exactly. having to deal with something. Do you run or Do you want to ice your leg? Because I got that new strap. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It didn't work that well last time, though. No, I have a new one. Oh, okay. Let's, let me do it. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Wait, okay, I'm going to have another beer. Okay, Sasha, keep talking. Talk about something. I'm not going to talk without you. What I do when you have to do your pee breaks. That was once. That was once, but this is only once. This is only once as well. No, I'm not going to. You have to keep I had to keep talking when you were doing your beer. I know, but it's funny when we have our alone time bits. Our alone time bits? I don't really have a bit. I just have things to talk about in the movie. But just talk about talk about some talk about your day. Talk about I don't know. Remember last time I talked about video games when we during the Infinity War. Oh yeah, how you wanted to play. God talk about what's going on in Breath of the Wild. I should get my beer. Breath of the Wild. Right now I'm farming ancient cores. Um, I've never farmed in a Zelda game before, so that will be interesting. The concept of farming was actually relatively new to me because gaming. I played games in middle video games in middle school and high school, but not like how we do now. Okay, I'm back. I hope Sasha kept you entertained. Yeah, she didn't. That's on her. Ta- I talked about how I'm farming in Breath of the Wild. You're farming? Yeah, I need to get some ancient cores so I can have the full body. I just need enough oh, of the shit, legs. Oh, perfect. So I need right. three ancient cores. I only have Well, one. I got a new ice pack thing. Right. Works really well. Right. Oh, this one's perfect. Perfect. No, no, no. It, sh- it should be here. Okay, no, but it's still Oh, this is good. This is really good. Yeah, it's like cold, it. too. It's cold, man. It's nice. And you can make it a hot heat pack, too. I don't know. Yeah, put it in the microwave. But anyway. Oh, that's So just when you're done with that, just put it on the, put it back in the freezer, and then you can just okay. take it out and put it on whenever you want. So it's a lot easier to use. All right, nice. Are we doing in and out tomorrow? Tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> My parents asked me about in and out. Um, um, well, another great part about the car chase scene is that it really effectively uses the geography of San Francisco. Yeah. And this is what we were talking about earlier when this movie is one of the Marvel movies that cares most about the city it's set in. Yeah. Um, San Francisco, for those of you who see the movie, who have seen the movie, you understand that there are a lot of very big hills. Very steep. Um, and a lot of them you can't see what's on the other side yeah, and it's just kind so of a drop off this is this is true both driving up and driving down, down. yeah um which we live right next we live in berkeley but we live right next to one of those streets yeah we do one of those we do streets. it's very scary well you know how san francisco is famous for cable cars yeah so those streets aren't by modern standards most a lot of those streets are not like regulation for cars yeah but they exist so that you know cars use them yeah but they were built for cable cars because they work really well for cable cars yeah that makes sense especially because of how hilly san francisco is yeah. cable cars was a really great system for people getting around they still have cable cars oh in san francisco tons. yeah okay san francisco's famous for them yeah well that's um, what i figured but you were talking about them in the past tense a little bit so well like they don't exist in berkeley anymore and they used to be in every city in america Damn, yeah. Um, now, now they don't really exist. I mean, maybe not every back. single city, but they used to be in a lot. Of, well, you'll see, like, San Francisco buys the cable cars from other cities. That's why there's a bunch of different kinds of cable cars. Oh, that San makes Francisco, sense, Because yeah. San Francisco don't use them. Most cities yeah. don't, don't use them anymore. A little SF history for yeah. the listeners. Definitely. So the car chasing is really fine. Um, Sick. I will, um, this is part of 
the ghost like power set that's really cool too um where she's like phasing in and out of the cars um part of the like phasing element that's like kind of weird for me about her power set is that it's always very convenient for her to do so basically well, like two things it never like, fucks her over no well like two things i'll say like this is scott's suit doesn't work in this movie no. and it's another thing where it, it conveniently fucks him over whenever it's supposed to yeah that was maybe one of my frustrations in this movie is that Scott's suit barely works. It's, it doesn't really hurt the film, but it can be frustrating when you're like, I want to see Ant-Man and be Ant-Man. Yeah. And it's constant. Like, some of it works for gags. Oh, like the... Yeah, when he yeah. has to be, we'll like, a baby in a school. But, like, um... <laughs> but, like, so a lot of times it's just, like, I just want Ant-Man to be Ant-Man. Yeah. And, like... Well, he has the other suit the whole time, too. No, he does. Which, I don't know what happens to it because he's still using... Well, they have to take the regulator out to try Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it seems like once it's it, like it's confusing. I guess the um, regulator. I think the missing regulator is probably the problem with yeah. the suit. I don't know how Hank is not. But it's like that one regulator is broken, the other regulator is fixed, but they have to use it to track the lab. But it is kind of this thing of like wasp wasp suit works, so it's a little bit more entertaining. With <laughs> I spill beer. Oh my god! It's what? good that you have a rag. I have a towel. You never towel. No! no, you always. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. You, uh, you were the one who referenced you spilling beer. Yeah, but I didn't spill my night. first beer today. I didn't spill my first beer today. Oh, yeah, he's already on his second beer today, everybody. It's 7 p.m. It's not 7 p.m. It's like, what, like 5.35? Yeah, but these beers are very weak. <laughs> as you can tell, listeners. Yeah, by the fact that you spilled the second one. I will bonk you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's bonking me. I'm bonking him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, I, I agree that I found that to be frustrating because it was always convenient for the plot, um, basically like either for humor or for what was going on. Um, yeah. Ultimately, like the ghost thing didn't bother me that much. Although I do wish we could have seen how her powers that also made it difficult for her to just do what she does. It doesn't entirely make sense. It doesn't entirely make sense, basically. I mean, we get that the suit like regulates it. Yeah. But it also like... I guess it must, like, just, like, what it must do, I guess, is, like, focus her molecules, like, specifically when she wants them to, but she, it might be, like, a stamina wheel where she can only use it for so long. Yeah, that probably makes um, sense. but we don't get that. We don't get that, no. Yeah. That's my headcanon for the ghost suit. Yeah. Um, I put a lot of thought into what's going on with the ghost suit. Ghost suit. What is... I care about her very deeply. She's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. Um, like, what else we got? Well, we got the humor. Let's just dive into the humor of this film. The humor in this movie is funny. It's one of my favorite MCU films when it comes to just like how funny it is. I, will say that. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not like up. It's not like up up there in like the top three, maybe. But it's I'd one of. I put it in the top three. I mean, my most. I mean, like most of the action movies are bare minimum funny. Well, hmm, is it top three? I don't think it's top three because like Ragnarok is top three. Ragnarok the and Guardians. Guardi- both Guardians, maybe. Civil War is pretty funny, but it's also not trying not, to be a lot of Not always intentionally, but, yeah. like, but still we count that. But still, that. yeah. Um, okay, but, it's probably not top three, but it's up there. It's up there, certainly. Um, and I think it's funnier than the first one, too. It is funnier than the first one. The first one is funny. Yeah. But it's funnier than the first one. Yeah. So there's more Louise. The Paul Rudd gags are a little funnier because they're less kind of Here's a dumb guy and a smart, confident woman. Like, there's, yeah. there's a little bit... There's, that's still there, but there's less of it. Well, and it's not... What it is is it's not entirely focused on um, hope. Yeah. It's, like, spread out. Like, it, yeah. there's a lot of gags with, where it's, like, Hank, Hope, and Bill 
or yeah. like some other guy and or like, like a combination there and yeah, yeah where they're like talking about like the science of it and scott is like that means okay that's yeah. what i was thinking yeah um, no scott has a lot of good guys it is just more just like scott being scott as opposed yeah to it's more generalized it's more it's more of a general paul red humor than a specific cheers like this yeah which i think is part of why the humor is better in this movie yeah again paul rudd is the right casting paul rudd is the right casting for this film yeah um another thing that's funny uh, there's a giant ant on the Oh, shout out to Meg's giant ant. Yeah, it's really cool. She made that in ceramics. Yeah, uh, it used to be up on the um, like wardrobe dresser thing. Now it's more. But now it's prominent display. by the by the door. Yeah, I love that thing. By the small door. And I love the design with the white. And the, no, the white. It, it's, it's sort of cool. it's sort of zebra design, but it's an ant. Yeah. It's very cool. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, um, it's got some like geometric stuff going on in like the last third of it. Yeah, no, it um, does. One of the humor things that really got to me, maybe more than any other, <laughs> oh yeah, so, and I know we, sh- I know we were like, we don't like how inconsistent and like weird the no, but suit it, is. There's a reason they do it. But there's a reason they do it, and Scott being like a baby in this <laughs> it's baby really size funny. is so it's funny. very funny. It's well, because funny. it is like, can you imagine being that small but being proportionally? developed like an adult basically and that's also, what's funny about it it's so weird it's so weird and he's also not even the size of a child like at he's not the size of like cassie or no. the other children in the school we see that when they go out in the hallway well, his head he's, is like, proportionally half, he's, like, tiny size. his kids are <laughs> enormous yes exactly <laughs> it's so funny it really gets me that you can see him like a like around. <laughs> like I mean, the fact they have him wear this like big big sweatshirt that like, yeah. the kid wear is also really funny. <laughs> With the, the sleeves are like the sleeves so are way long. too long. The hood is too big. I love this guy. <laughs> when the one teacher is like, "Where's your hall pass?" and it's like he's clearly not in child he's clearly at this school not, he's clearly because not. he's so small. <laughs> he's, yeah, no, he's, but again, he's like the so size proportional. Like a Proportionally human. This is the height of a three-year-old, but not quite the size. Like it's different. It's, it's, different. it's different. It's like no. Again, it's like he's noticeably proportioned, like you are when you are like an adult. Yes. No, it's really funny. <laughs> it really, it really gets me. No, it's really funny. I'm like, I'm gonna wipe my eyes. <laughs> so I'm just doing it. So she couldn't handle it. She was like losing. It. <laughs> we watched this. I watched this dead sober. Like I had nothing no, to drink, yeah. and like we're as we said, we're in the middle of our like. Right? Or yeah. we're probably like a third of the way through. Um, no, let's call. We're in the middle third, so let's call it the middle. Yeah, we're we are. Um, and I'm so, upset about it. <laughs> yeah. We're six days in. We got nine days left. Yeah, basically. Uh, well, a little less than nine because it's fourteen. Uh, what? We're doing two weeks, so it's fourteen days. Oh wait, six. so that means we can smoke on the twenty fourth. Well, we should smoke on the twenty fifth. At midnight. Twenty fourth at midnight. 24th of midnight, yeah. But it'll be the 25th. Yeah. When it's midnight, it'll be the 25th. Yeah. Okay. okay, I'll give you that. But I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll we, don't, we don't have to hash out the details of our tea break, break <laughs> right now. Um, but it's so relevant. <laughs> I don't know how relevant I'm it is. I'm so upset about it. It's, um, it's relevant to me. Yeah, well, you almost broke it last night. I, yeah, I felt like I, right after this movie, I went to bed because the tea break is just having me so depressed. <laughs> It makes me depressed. Makes me depressed. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm a Nazi break guy. <laughs> I'm a weed guy. I'm a weed guy. Um, 
But yeah, I was dead sober watching that scene, and it just really got to me. No, um, it's funny. <laughs> no, I like it. It is funny. It hit me really hard the first time I saw it. Yeah, I think I remember these movies too well sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Pretty comedy. Oh, and another peak comedy moment was the fairy. Um, oh little, yeah. Little, little shouts out to. On well, cinema yeah, this I will always love. On cinema, at the cinema, Greg Turkington is in Ant Man One, and it's clear that Tim Hyde and and there's an episode of On Cinema at the cinema that's about how Greg Turkington is in Ant Man, and I won't get into it. You should just watch the episode. Yeah. Too. But, I mean, if I can shout anything out harder. It wouldn't any, be anything besides. On something I love that show. No, it's a funny show. It's funnier than our podcast. We should just be it's, doing it. It's funnier than that. most. Well, it's like to do that, we would have to be doing characters. Yeah. Which we should do for some. We should do at some point. Yeah. Um, flex the comedy muscles. Flex the comedy muscles, like they say. But um, Tim Heidecker shows up in this one, which is just like. If you're an on cinema fan, it just brings all kinds of irony I know. to that performance. Well, and I really do think he got it because of. Like, I'm sure Peyton Reed or someone in this Someone is like, yeah, like, they have, like, on cinema has some connection to this property that I don't fully understand, but, <laughs> but there's clearly, like, a, like, a, the thing, like, yeah, there's clearly, like, a synergistic, like, relationship some, between these two properties. There's something going on, and I'm kind I'm digging it. I'm no, digging it's it. really funny. It's funny, too, because it's, like, of course, like, Ant-Man is not the most popular Marvel movie, but it's still a Marvel movie that a lot of people saw and, you know, made enough money to get a sequel, and, like, this is a sequel. Versus like on cinema at the cinema, like I've seen Tim Heidecker on podcasts be like, it's my favorite thing to do, and no one watches it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, the most famous thing he's been in, I think, at this point, is Us. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And but he, but he, he was good in that. But like, let me tell you. No, I believe it. But um, at the same time, I think the most famous thing for like that's like his is probably Tim and Eric. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is, it's like, On Cinema isn't even an his esoteric... Fam- his, his famous, like, him project. Is already known as this, like, weird, absurdist comedy thing that is, like, kind of niche. And On Cinema at the like Cinema... Like, his phone is, password comes from... On Cinema at the Cinema. Well, it actually comes from Decker, which is an On Cinema at the Cinema-related property. <laughs> I love On Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to laugh, this is not a bad movie to laugh to. No, it's a good time. It's a good time. Um... It, it, it does double down on being like, you know, ants, we should really invest in that. We should really we should invest, invest in, these in the imagery movies. of ants. If, well, in the first it's movie... Not, it's not even that I think ants inherently are, like, bad. Like, I respect the work that they do. Um, but giant ants are not nice to look at. Well, it's like... Normal ants are Imagining nice being ants, an ant-sized human is horrifying enough. Imagining... <laughs> Human-sized ants is its own kind of disgusting. I know. It's its own kind of revolting. Well, the, the part where, like, Bill Foster is, like, surrounded by, like, four of them. And they have these giant mandibles. I know. They're, like, about to, like, eat them. This was yeah. another moment where I was, like, where Hank is, like, don't worry, we'll deal with ghosts after we deal with my wife. And then he, like, gets the ants to, like, chase Bill Foster out. And I was, like, you are not giving Bill any reason to believe that you're being genuine right now, no. Hank. Um, but I was just, like, if I was there, I would, like, kick them. <laughs> Yeah, Sasha I wanted was like, to I would kick them. the ants. And I was so like, I'm, I'm afraid for Sasha if she ever gets surrounded by a bunch of giant, giant, human sized ants. Human sized ants. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, they might, it would have definitely, well, that's, oh, yeah, you're right. Because the mandibles are like, ants, like, the thing about ants is that they're like strong they're as hell. They're proportionally very strong. So giant ants are proportionally. No, like, if, it, if I kicked one, it, and it, it would probably bite my leg off. Probably would. Probably would. Yeah. Oh, God. No, the ants are horrifying. 
Also, um, when Hank goes into like the quantum realm and he sees like oh, God, the ghost mites, like the dust mites or whatever, yeah, they're, those like, are giant. Yeah. Like those things aren't nice to look at in textbooks. Why would I want like a one that's moving, increased like slowly, and gonna eat him, but imminently to eating a, a full-grown human? Of a full-grown human. Man. It's disgusting and upsetting. Again, what this movie does with size can be very witty and fun to look at when it's objects. And when it's living things, it's usually horrifying. It's usually not as great. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Basically. <laughs> yeah. That That is my caveat to... Because some of the humor in this movie... Oh, another gag that kind of got me that did involve the ants, but involved ant-sized ants, was the seagulls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that is something that these movies didn't address in the first one, which is, like, ants are, like... Things eat ants. Ants die all the time. Ants die all the time. There is a creature called an ant eater that basically, I don't think exclusively eats ants, but there's a reason why it's called that. It's evolutionary, evolutionarily built to eat ants at like the most optimal level. I want to see. I want the villain man to be ant eater man. An ant eater man. Yeah. (laughs) It's like Darren Cross, like 2.0. I hope Darren Cross is still alive. (laughs) He comes back. He should have been Yellow Jacket. He should have been the ant eater. The ant eater. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Okay, what else? We got anything else? I think we got, well, we got XCOM security. I mean, we talked about Louise being funny. The yeah. other two are also funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not particularly memorable, but they no, are No, they're not as funny as Louise, but yeah. the true serum bit also Well, really the Sonny and his little guys are good. Yeah, um, and so when they all interact together, I thought that was that funny. That was funny. That, like, did, like... I like Sonny. I like how he's so Southern. Sonny Birch. Sonny Birch. <laughs> I got bias. My bias is some very dangerous people. <laughs> and they don't take no for an answer. They don't take no for an answer. Planet before profit. <laughs> I love it when he says that. I know. <laughs> he always also like he's also like creepily into hope for like that person oh, yeah. interaction. The only thing you would take is my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, but I'll mend. <laughs> like, but that, in time that will mend. <laughs> That's kind of really the only comment about like his crush on Hope, and I, and then even at that, but it is it is funny. I'll it give is, it that. is funny. Well, the way he's like, it's inevitable, it's yeah, inevitable. I'm but inevitable. don't worry, I'll look. That's Sunny, right? That's a, that's he, that's. I am inevitable. Sunny with the gauntlet. Yeah, he's the top. <laughs> he's the only human villain. who can wear the gauntlet with all the stones and not just like die on the spot. No, exactly. Well, there's a question that's about so powerful about what if the gauntlet. If, if it was the Tony's nano gauntlet was weak, was not as good as the Ulu metal gauntlet. Oh, really? Is that like a actual like Quora thing? That's like a Quora thing. Is it's like was the nanite gauntlet flawed, and did it do more damage to Hulk and Tony than the Ulu metal? Originally? Oh, like flawed and like. Um, its ability to it, handle to the protect. Yes. Like the wearer. Yeah, because Hulk Thanos gets fucked up too. Yeah. But like Hulk, Hulk gets real fucked up. And Tony fucking dies. Tony dies. Like, Hulk gets fucked up. Like, Thanos gets fucked up. But, like, how, but also, like, is Thanos, like, tougher than Hulk? Like, we don't know. Yeah, I would say so. I would lean towards Thanos. Because he's, like, yeah. a, he's a titan. Yeah, he is a titan. He isn't just, like, a serum disaster man. I'm sure there are... I mean, I Hulk is there, powerful, like, and I There are versions of Hulk that, in the comics that are stronger than versions of Thanos in the comics. I yeah, that, that makes sense. True. That makes sense. Um, and, like, you know... 
So it's like a it's like a thing in the MCU of like who do they what how do how do they choose what kind of power level to put which yeah. character at based character on which version yeah. of the comics. Well, it is like Thanos can hold an Infinity Stone. Yeah. In his bare hand. And yeah, the Guardians couldn't do that. No, the Guardians can do that when they have like their collective power, they and also do it. Peter was like half god. Yeah, he was. Half and they were like, no, 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 yeah, and he was like already having a hard time. Gamora is also like some sort of something in terms of just like I think like she's supposed to be like cyber enhanced and like super. She's cyber enhanced and she's good. She's good, pretty tough. Yeah, she's a tough customer. She's a tough customer. She's a tough customer. Relative to a to a Terran, as the guardians call them. Yeah. No, Xcon security is fun, and I like that. Like, it's a fun little subplot, and I like that they like come out on top in the end. Yeah, and it is like. Scott needs a job, and yeah. I'm, and well, it's a good job, like, honestly, for ex-cons, basically. Like, yeah. they're pitching it, they're like, how do we no, turn this exactly. into a positive on my resume? Yeah. Which I can kind of relate to. Obviously not to the degree of being a felon, but yeah. um, it's a classic, like, how do, how do I make this work? How do I make this work? Yeah. <laughs> how do I get some sort of job in the new job economy? Yeah, uh, the new job economy. The new job economy, as it's known. Um, and Luis, like constantly being like worried about like the money that they're spending also the the gag about um scott not having like a real desk because he wasn't there when they were thinking the desks oh yeah that is funny it's a little like little like fake garbage yeah it's it's like a poker like foldable like yeah like yeah Yeah. it's like something that we would have in hill house no it is it's a hill house table it's like a hill house table it's disgusting i mean it's not disgusting but it's weak as fuck yeah compared to the other desks and Luis's desk is fairly regal yeah well he must be like in charge he must be like Luis is clearly in charge he's yeah well yeah he's the boss he tells them that when he's like i'm a horrible boss um From hiding to you the state of the, the fact that we're about to go broke. Which again, <laughs> Tony, I think, should be throwing them something. Yeah. But I like um, that um, Luis is the boss. I like that Luis is. Um, Luis and the Truth Serum is just a great guy. It is a great guy. Luis under duress of Truth Serum is pretty hysterical. <laughs> well, it is like, yeah, like the character that, like. Well, it's just a perfect, like, utilization of, like, Luis is a character who's known for, like, talking and, like, the. His funniest gag is when he does like the like, um, like him voicing other characters and like these like backwards scenes where he's like recalling memories. Yeah. Um, and that was like something that like really worked in the first movie. And so the idea of giving him truth serum and like having that all just go like completely awry is really funny. Like, um, mm. another joke that I thought landed really well, like that incorporated that, was him being like, "I'm talking about where Scott is emotionally." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because no, of, like, the hope What Scott. is truth, people? Yeah, what is truth? I was yeah. like, okay, okay. No, I like it. It's funny. <laughs> well, no. Well, the, the scenes where it's Louise's voice coming out of Scott's mouth are really funny. Yeah. And Paul Rudd does a good job doing, like, the exaggerated motions of what Louise's, like, version of Scott in that moment yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Like, that always made me laugh. When, like, because it's, like, perfectly timed, and I was, like, pretty impressed. Yeah. It's very funny. Well, I like that they become friends after, um, like, Scott's wife divorces him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, an after Scott. Well, it's clearly, like, not how Scott would say it. Yeah, uh, It's clearly yeah. how Louise would say it, but it's also, like, it, what Louise does is also very relatable in terms of, like, how we tell stories about mm-hmm. how people were. Um, as a storyteller. As, as a storyteller. <laughs> um, but, no, it's very, it's really funny. He's quite weird. Yeah. So yeah, this movie's more. This movie's kind of an upgrade over Ant Man. Um, it's similar to Ant Man. I don't want to. It's not a radical deviation from the Ant. No, and it's like. not even like it's not like an Ant Man. Ant Man. 
um, Ant Man like soft relaunch or anything. No, like it just... is just Ant Man two. Yeah. Um, but there are things about it that they. It's a um, bigger, better Ant Man. It's a bigger, better Ant Man, and there are things about it that they remedy a little bit. Like, unfortunately, I don't think Hope gets that much more depth, but she does get a little bit more yeah. depth. Um, and the microwaving of Janet is good. It just means yeah. there's more women in this movie. Yeah. Um, which is overall a win. Yeah. Um. No, it's it's better. Yeah. And the the characters that it includes are like I think better than some of the characters. That, I mean, the first one like has like um, Luis and everyone, but it also has like Scott's uh, or his ex wife or Judy Greer's new husband, yeah, um, Cassie's stepdad. Him and like the cops are like a part of it, and they're just not as entertaining, I think, as some of well, the Well, we should talk about uh, Wu, I believe his name is. Yes! Oh my funny. god, Wu! Yes, shouts well, out! Well, I will say at the end of the movie, I did want them to get dinner. I did want them to get dinner! I mean, a cab, but I did want them I to did, get yeah, dinner. I did, yeah, that was my thing where I was like, ooh, a cab, but also. Get dinner. Get dinner. Well, and I like it, the gag where he's like learning the magic trick. Oh, it's funny. Um, and that's how he understands that what's happening is misdirection. Um, yeah. when, like, there's, like, the giant suit, basically. Yeah. Um, no, he, he's a funny recurring character, um, for yeah. these movies. Like, I really, I hope he, well, I hope he does come back, like, honestly. Like, I don't know how they can work that in, but, I mean, it's kind he of like, he's going to be on probation. He's going to still be on probation. So. I hope he does. I hope he does. No, he was a funny inclusion. Yeah, they should keep, movie. like, utilizing him. No, he was I think that's another great thing about this movie, yeah. is, like, it has a lot of great comedians in it or like oh, people who are just no, like really he's, good he's at been in a who bunch have great comedic like, chemistry yeah no very true yeah. yeah no yeah yeah i mean the role he might be most famous for unless i'm thinking like unless i if there's stuff he's been in that i've missed is fresh off the boat no um, that's what he, it is yeah and well, I, he, well, he was in um uh in also a san francisco thing um always be my maybe oh yeah 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 i never saw yeah. that but i yeah he was in that too yeah um no and so getting him was like one uh, it is like sometimes frustrating when you get like good actors with like good chemistry and who are like clearly like know what they're doing for like tertiary roles in MCU movies. Yeah. Because it is like, oh, you could be so much more in this. Well, it's they like, just let you, but it's, well, it's also like, like Greg, I get what are Greg Turkington and Tim Heidecker, two of maybe my top, two of my favorite comedians ever in the MCU. That's and they're true. both in the MCU. They're both in the MCU. Well, they both have, like, at least Tim Heidecker's role in Ant-Man 2 is, like, very straight. Like, he's yeah. not he's not really making any comedy. I mean, like, no, that's true. he's just, like, talking about the humpback whales and then, like, thinking Scott no, is one. I love, because Greg Turkington is, is, like, a much less of a big deal than Tim Heidecker's, especially at this point. Yeah, um, that's true. And Greg Turkington does get to be very comedic. Yeah, yeah, and the person I love the Greg Turkington. Well, and the basket, and he's, he's so Greg. The Baskin-Robbins um, scene, I think, is a great illustration of of, like, kind of the stakes for Scott when it comes to, like, jobs. <laughs> um, True. Well, that's another thing that makes... That's one thing that's great about the Ant-Man movies is he is kind of the most relatable of any of these superheroes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say, yeah, I can't, I can't think of anybody who's not, like, a super soldier or a soldier with wings or something. <laughs> something going on. Yeah. yeah. He's just a guy who happens upon a suit that makes him both small and big. Yeah. He, yeah. He's not, involved, he's not, like, a... He's not a soldier or, like, a cop. Like, he's not, like, employed by, like, this... He's, no, no. At, he, like, the state actively, like, doesn't like him. State, like, like Falcon and Cap, to an extent, Cap treats him like garbage. Yes. <laughs> well, the fact that he got stuck in the raft. The fact that he got stuck in the raft. After already like, having been in prison. I know. I was like, this is, this guy's life is 
After already having been in fucking San Quentin. I know! I'm... Dear God. Yeah. Dear God, the stuff that Scott has been through. I feel like we had a moment Just like this when we were talking about Ant-Man where I realized the prison he had been was San Quentin. <laughs> I feel like this is data. We'll have to look. I'll have to walk, re-listen to the Ant-Man episode. Oh, yeah, because I, I don't... I don't think I've ever listened to the Ant-Man episode. Probably, well, it's kind of like... I, I assume it's kind of like the Ant-Man movie where it's maybe not one of our finest, but... But it's us. But it's us. <laughs> so how, how, how poor could it be? Well, Ant-Man was also the movie that you were like, I'm going to not watch half of I did keep you trying not to, to watch that. And then you were like, Man. let me talk about Darren Cross for like... I did talk about Darren Cross for a while. Well, he's very... He's such a... He's almost mustache twirling. I just... I love <laughs> those kinds of... I love those kinds of villains that are just all around being villains. You know what I mean? <laughs> they um, really know what's up. <laughs> so is that... I think that's the episode. Yeah, we already, Yeah, we already talked about Cassie. Just kind of... Unless there's anything we want to talk more about for Ant-Man 3... No, I don't think so. Cassie's adorable. Cassie is a kid that I really love. In this movie. I will say, yeah, Cassie as a kid works in this movie. Um, we have already kind of gone on our spiel about children in movies in our Infinity War. But Cassie, I really liked. Um, she works. She's sweet. No, she's really sweet. And I like that in this movie. She's a good like, actor. We are not going to put her in danger. No, that was good too. Okay. All right. Goodbye. Ants, ants out. Oh. 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 You have just listened to The Goblin's Creek, the one-stop shop for all of your genre media streaming, on-streaming review needs. On-streaming review needs. Unless it's not on-streaming yet, which Hopefully it will be. Sometimes we review stuff that that we just have on DVD. Yeah. This is The Goblin's Creek once again. Tell all your friends about it, because it's your one-stop shop for (laughs) genre media on-streaming being reviewed by two goblins. Two goblins. We're actual goblins.